Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there. Before we begin today, if I could ask you to please go to iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this on, and give me a five-star review. It really helps it to reach more and more people who are looking and searching for these resources that I share. And I put a lot of time and effort into creating them for you and they are free. And I just wanna be able to reach as many people as possible with them. So if you could just take a minute of your time and do that for me, I would really appreciate it. And so would the people that you would be helping by doing that. Today's important topic is going to be about seizures in autism. And I've been wanting to do this topic for a while because it's so common and it's a really, really scary topic for a parent to have to deal with. And knowing your child has seizures and wondering why, how you can stop them. Can I, can I work with them without medications? Do I have to medicate? And what are the causes? And so, as you know, I'm all about the causes and naturally what we can do. And there are always underlying symptoms. Now, of course, you know, it's never just one thing, but the underlying cause to that symptom is what is so important. And it can often be a combination of many triggers that can, can, that can create the, the seizures that are happening. 
And autism, of course, is a really complicated diagnosis with a lot of biological issues that are underlying and need to be addressed properly so the body can strengthen on its own. And we, again, don't want to just mask symptoms, but work with the causes so we can stop having these triggers happen. And I'm going to go into some common culprits of seizure, seizures today and how they can be worked with. And first of all, of course, diet. Diet is really, really important. Uh, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know, I'm always talking about how the gut does control the immune system. The gut is where we create neurotransmitters or brain messengers for the, for the brain, such as serotonin, which is responsible for things like mood, sleep, and appetite regulation, and dopamine, which is also uh, responsible for a lot of our executive, executive functioning and our reward center and our feel good. So all of these things are really important and they come from the gut. So most kids with autism have leaky gut and I will link to everything I discuss in today's show notes, of course, but uh, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com. So remember that these, uh, these underlying issues and healing the gut and the leaky gut, which are the holes that are in the lining of the intestines that are often, again, going back to causes of things like candida or overlying, uh, underlying inflammation that is in the gut that is ongoing. So we want to deal with all of those pieces from the core causes. And again, not just trying to mask symptoms. So healing the gut is a big part of it. And one of the things with diet are, of course, reducing the inflammatory foods. And I've got a free foods guide with the top foods to eliminate for your child. And I will link to that again on the show notes page. But the direct link is naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. And that's just the number seven and foods with no spaces in between. I'm also going to link to a post I did in the past, a blog post on linking to many studies. And I know there's a, that you want to know about a lot of research. So research behind studies on the ketogenic diet for those with seizures and how important that is, because there are many, many studies that show how that diet makes a huge difference in reducing, in, in fact, up to 50% reduction in seizures from those. So it's really important to know that. And then histamines. Histamines are another really big issue with autism. It's close to 100% of children with autism have histamine intolerance. This can also trigger something called mast cell activation, which I'll talk about in a moment. But histamines are released by the di digestive tract and the brain in a defense as an allergic reaction. The, there's an enzyme that helps break down excessive histamines, but it's really common in children with autism that this enzyme is defective. And then we create a histamine intolerance because the body is overproducing histamines. There are too many for the body to break down. And it's a stress type of response that triggers other things like mast cell activation. Now, Again, there are a lot of possible triggers for histamine intolerance, and it goes back to leaky gut, viruses, parasites, mold biotoxins, Lyme's disease, and PANS. Environmental toxins, heavy metals, these are all part of this, this initial problem. So we can work with all of those naturally to detoxify the body as we heal the gut 
and help to eliminate a lot of these pathogens and co-infections, which of course, you know, that I, I do in my program. And um, it is very important to make sure that all of these are addressed because going back to the first thing that I said today is it's never just one thing. It's always a combination of multiple things that are causing any type of an issue. So the other thing I wanted to discuss today a little bit is mast cell activation because mast cells are our frontline defenders helping the immune system recognize pathogens of all kinds. This even includes electromagnetic field radiation. Mast cells help regulate the immune system and protect us from environmental toxins. And then histamine is a mast cell mediator. So too much histamine released causes histamine intolerance, which then causes mast cell activation. And when this happens, our protective mechanisms are broken down and we become hypersensitive to things that we ingest or things in our environment. So it's very important to know that there are a lot of triggers and with mast cell activation, it can be extreme anxiousness at, to the point where they just can't calm themselves down. It's very similar to PANS and I'll, I'll again link to both of these in today's show notes, but I wanted to make sure that you remember that they're, you know, these, that these histamine foods which are uh, processed foods and a lot of things that have uh, that are inflammatory again, and a lot of things that are aged or moldy, like old cheese or uh, or fermented, even kombucha. That people say, "Well, isn't kombucha really healthy?" Well, those it create creates histamines in the body, and it can also cause some die off because it can start killing off some some candida really quickly. But I, I myself have sensitivities to histamine. So I notice that if I drink some kombucha or fermented drinks, that I get heart palpitations and I get really, really kind of anxious. Like it really makes me feel kind of hyperactive. So if you see those kinds of symptoms in yourself or your child, because histamine intolerance is also very, very hereditary, then it's important to understand that um, that there are things that you can do about it and eliminating, you know, the high histamine foods and to uh, to make sure that you're also eliminating some of the things that uh, that are also in our environment. Because again, histamines are a trigger for seizures. Environmental factors can include things in and around your home for for histamines as well. And it's not just about foods. It's also about various plastics and things in the environment. But one that is so common and commonly missed is chlorine. And I did an entire episode and interviewed a water expert on chloramine and chlorine once. So I'll link to that in the show notes because we don't think about, you know, we think, okay, chlorine might just be swimming pool water, but it's much more tap drinking water has chlorine bleach in it because they, they use that in cities at, to be able to try to sterilize the water and clean it up for us. But what's happening is they're putting chlorine in our water so we are drinking it if we don't have a really, really high quality filter. And so the filter is so important and there are a lot of really bad filters out there, but I'm gonna link to a couple in the show notes that are really helpful um, that really get out the chlorine and a lot of the heavy metal toxins and other things that are in our water that we don't realize. But chlorine, so if you're drinking it in drinking water, 
if you are showering in a shower or having a hot bath in water that is not properly filtered or has some of that chlorine filtered out, then our pores are really open when we're in a hot shower because our pores open when it's hot. And when they do that, they absorb more. So you're absorbing the chlorine and your child is as well when you're in a hot bath or a hot shower from the steam as well. So you're getting a lot of chlorine that way. Uh, and it also makes sure if you notice if you, in the summertime, especially if your child is swimming in a chlorinated swimming pool and you notice after they swim, they don't sleep as well that night. They're kind of anxious. Uh, they might be a little hyperactive. Those are all common signs of histamine intolerance and one can be from chlorine. So I want to make sure that I mention that too, because most of the time when I talk about histamines, people are thinking it's just about food and there are a lot of environmental triggers out there. And again, it is a culprit in triggering seizures. Another one is monosodium glutamate, MSG. Monosodium glutamate is a food additive, but it's also, it, it literally fools our taste buds and our, then therefore our brain from there to thinking that food tastes better than it does. So companies like to add it to foods and they also like to hide the name because they know that people now know it's a very toxic food. So they'll use words like hydrolyzed yeast extract and different things like that to, to falsify the name or hide it from what the layperson knows. Um, so this is important to know because Monosodium glutamate, glutamate or MSG can cause a lot of anger episodes, a lot of rage, and it can be a trigger for seizures. The glutamate excites the brain and excitotoxin is a term for monosodium glutamate and aspartame, which is the, the uh, artificial sweetener. That's also an excitotoxin. So you want to avoid those at all costs. They're really, really not healthy and can actually be harmful to your brain and your child's brain. Uh, they, they literally can excite the brain cells to death. So it's really important to understand how that can be part of a factor that can cause so much trouble further on. And children on the autism spectrum and with ADHD are particularly sensitive to those chemicals because their detoxification systems are not as capable as others to handle them. So it's also vital to protect their brains from further harm. So again, they're particularly sensitive, just like chill, all children and babies, pregnant women, people with depression and migraine and headaches and heart issues, as well as nervous system disorders. So there are a lot of things that you want to be aware of when you're eating your foods and know that, that you want to make sure you avoid them. Because again, that glutamate portion, which is an amino acid and a neurotransmitter for the brain, helps stimulate brain cells, which help the neurons communicate, which is important. It sounds all good until it's too much of a good thing. When these neurons get overexcited, it can cause seizures and even kill brain cells. So you really want to make sure that you are, uh, you are not having your child have any monosodium glutamate uh, when they are uh, especially anyway, no matter what, but especially if they are prone to seizures. Another one is mold biotoxins. Now we've talked about this in the past as well. So I'll link to other episodes I've done in the show notes. If you uh, have not listened to any of those yet or heard about this, um, mold biotoxins are very, very common in children with autism and uh, in, in causing atypical seizures. 
What happens is that there's a genetic defect that doesn't allow for the body to dispel toxins when exposed to mold from water damage and water damaged buildings. So it creates a cascade of inflammation in the body that then affects multiple systems of the body, including the hormonal system, and it renders the susceptibility from other toxins. So we become more sensitive to other toxins in our environment. A lot of people notice extreme fatigue. Uh, they can't uh, they can't think clearly. Depression is big, uh, and it also affects sleep a lot. It also affects uh, bedwetting for children who maybe they're over the age of five, and uh, you know you think why are they all of a sudden wetting the bed? This can be an issue as a side symptom of of the mold biotoxin issue issue. So make sure your home is mold free, your child's not exposed anywhere else, such as school or grandma's house, or even where they're going to therapy in public buildings. You know, this chronic inflammation from mold biotoxins can actually suppress something that's called a, a melanocyte stimulating hormone or MSH and its pathways. What this means to you is that the MSH regulates the pituitary and therefore hormones. It also has anti-inflammatory functions. And it, when you have lowered MSH, it reduces the production of melatonin, which affects sleep. So again, you're back into all of the sleep issues. Many people can have chronic pain when they have it. So again, further lowered MSH can cause leaky gut, which inhibits the absorption of nutrients from the food that we're eating. So your child might be eating a decent diet, but they seem hungry a lot, or they seem like they're malnourished. It could be because they have leaky gut and they're not actually absorbing the food, the nutrition from the food that they eat. So this can also weaken and de deregulate the immune system. And again, this response will really help to re reduce their, their body's level of fighting infections. So it uh, can, again, really correlate with your Issues of energy, if you find you're really, really fatigued or your child is, that can be something else to look at. One other thing that's really important and very common, but not commonly known, especially children with autism, but in people with the mold biotoxin issue, is that lowered MSH, again, from the mold biotoxins, can also result in lowered resistance to staphylococcus bacteria, which colonizes in the nasal pathways. This means we get staph infection in our nasal passages and it is antibiotic resistant. So you have to know how to properly work with it. Another thing that's really important are that trigger seizures as well are parasites. And parasites are so common in children with autism and so commonly missed. Testing is very, very inaccurate for parasites. Most tests will come up as negative. You'll say, no, your child doesn't have any parasites. We don't see any in the tests. And they could very, very likely be positive, but the tests aren't showing it. And uh, parasites actually have an innate intelligence and can actually make themselves sort of disappear. They can hide out. It depends when you're excreting them. So the testing is very inaccurate. Again, I work with all of these things naturally in my membership program, as you know, uh, but don't go and get a bunch of antibiotics from uh, the, the practitioner who think, who who only knows that way to, to fight them because 
These things are very, very uh, antibiotic resistant. They um, then the antibiotics also deter deteriorate the gut because they kill the rest of the good bacteria in our gut that helps our immune system. And again, the gut makes up about 80% of the immune system. Also important to heal the gut for that reason, right? But these parasites have to be worked with properly and they can be very a very common symptom of seizures. So again, a hidden unknown back, back underlying symptom of a seizure could be a parasitic infection. The problems from caused from parasites don't actually come from so much always the bugs themselves, other than the fact that they do eat a lot of the nutrition in the gut from, from the food that your child's eating. So again, mouthing like their hands are your child's hands are around their mouth a lot or fingernail biting, or they're hungry all the time, even though they're eating a lot. So the, uh, the problems caused from these parasites often come from the existing co-infections in the body because parasites bring with them things, other bacteria and viruses and fungi. So you've got other issues along the way and viruses in the nervous system often can come from staphylococcus and lungworm. So again, we're back to these things that are all kind of feeding around in a domino effect in a big circle to one another. So they all need to be worked with. Another huge culprit in seizures and another huge culprit, of course, in children with autism are heavy metal toxins. Now I've done entire episodes. I have interviewed multiple experts on this. I will link to some of these in the show notes. Um, it's important to understand heavy metal toxicity is a very big common problem for children with autism, causing many of the underlying symptoms uh, along with speech and aggression and inability to sleep and gut deterioration, poor immunity, uh, anger. It just, the, the, the list goes on and on. And so it's important to know that if you go to the practitioner or practitioner's office, you'll get something, a drug, a pharmaceutical drug called DMSA for heavy metal detoxification. But this actually allows for reabsorption of those toxins as they're being excreted. So it, it will allow your, your, the toxins as it's pulling them out to reabsorb back into the bloodstream. And then it's getting dispersed through the blood throughout the body again. So it can cause even further problems. It also DMSA also will pull out the good calcium and magnesium, the good minerals that we need. And our children are usually already deficient in. So I use a natural heavy metal detoxification formula and I will even link to it and uh, multiple studies on it in uh, in the show notes for you again. But I really wanted to make sure that you are aware of that because uh, most children with autism have it. And it's, it's so, so important because it also is another trigger for seizures. And uh, when mercury combines with testosterone in boys with at puberty, which is going to be my next topic here for another trigger for seizures, when your child is in puberty, especially boys, they have a surge of testosterone. It's the hormone that's predominantly in males. Women have it, of course, too, but it is a, just a flood of it goes into your, your son's body when he's in puberty. And when puberty connects with mercury, one of the heavy metal toxins, it exacerbates the, the toxicity and the problems that mercury can cause. 
And so it's important to understand that again, between heavy metals and puberty, you are, your child could be more likely to have seizures when they are of, a, of the age of puberty, usually somewhere between 12 and 17 or 18, you might see heightened seizures in your child. And it can be because this testosterone is, com is combined with the toxins and the other co-infections that I mentioned in their body. So it makes them more susceptible to these seizures happening. So it's really important to understand uh, why they have this so that you can, again, work with these underlying, uh, not just working with causes, sorry, yes, not just working with symptoms, we're working with the causes because that is the most important way to really get at the core of any issue and make sure that that the problem is getting worked with properly, that you can hopefully be getting rid of the problem, not just masking it, masking the symptoms with a dangerous drug, but then you take them off that drug or the drug's not working anymore, or they need to put give stronger drugs. And all of a sudden you're thinking these seizures aren't going away. It's because the cause core of the problem has not been dealt with properly. So I'm really hoping today's episode has been very helpful for you, especially if you're a parent who's dealing with seizures, because, uh, you know, I hear you, I know how, how scary this is, how dangerous it can be. You want to make sure that, that they're safe. If they end up in a seizure, they don't hit their head. They don't have, they don't bite their tongue. They, you know, there are so many things that can happen and yeah, it's really frightening. And I know it's hard on everybody. So, um, some additional tips that I'm going to put in the show notes as well to help you uh, are things that can be helpful to calm the system and to get at underlying causes and triggers. And one of them is CBD oil, which I I will link to in the show notes to a quality product that is very helpful in calming. And it can be dropped in the mouth or it can even be rubbed on the back, upper portion of the back of the neck, right where the soft tissue meets the, um, the hard skull uh, of the uh, cranial bone there. Because that's right at the brain stem and over some of the big, like the, the vagus nerve. And that helps to calm this, the whole system down. And this can be especially helpful if your child doesn't like the taste of a CBD oil, then you don't have to drop it into water or their mouth. You can actually just rub it topically on the back of their neck. And that can be really helpful and calming. And it can be used multiple times a day. I have had people say, I've tried CBD and it didn't, CBD oil and it didn't work. And mostly I usually find the reason for that is that, uh, that it was not a quality product that was used because there are a lot of very sub subpar quality products out there as, as you know, right. And I've done a lot of research and I will link in the show notes to a really good product for you. Um, that will, um, that, that I find to be very helpful. And if you don't, that's very high quality again, but if you don't find that you're getting the results you look for with CBD oil, the other key is to increase with a quality product still, but is to increase the dosage. So put a, you know, instead of one or two drops, maybe you try three or four, you know, or, and then you can slowly increment up as needed. And this can have a lot to do also with the age and the size of your child. Weight can have a lot to do with it. Another thing that can be really, really helpful is something called emotional clearing. And I've used emotion code work for years. And I'll link to an interview I did with Dr. Bradley Nelson, who is uh, world renowned really for teaching the emotion code to the lay person. He has books out. You can teach yourself to do it. 
but I think it's also great to have a professional type of practitioner do a session on you. And they all work virtually and on Dr. Nelson's site, which I will link to uh, the emotion code interview I did with Dr. Nelson. And on that page will be a link to his site as well. And on his site, or you, you can find a practitioner anywhere in the world. And again, if they're even in another, you find somebody you really like and reading through their bio, biographies on the page, you find somebody you think this out person sounds great to work with me or my child, then you can contact them. Uh, their contact is there on that page and schedule an appointment. And again, their work virtually so they can be anywhere in the world, which is nice because you can do it right from your own home. And if your child is really in an episode of something heightened, they're in anger, they're in seizures, they're um, really nonverbal, they, they can't interact. You don't have to worry about that at all because emotion code clearing can be done uh, through your, the practitioner can uh, work again virtually on your child without your child even directly being involved. So that can be really helpful because I know it can be really hard for a parent to think, well, that would be great, but how do I get my child to appointment an appointment again? Or how do I get them to be cooperative? And you don't need either of these to have to happen in this work, which I know is helpful. That's why I, I mention it. Uh, another one is natural allergy elimination. And uh, that's something else I'm going to link in the show notes to uh, an interview I did with a woman who creates, uh, not only can you get practitioners to, to do these for you virtually as well, but you can also get uh, vials that you can then do at home to work with desensitizing your child. And those vials for, for the desensitization don't get used up with one person or two people or keep you, they can be used over and over and over. And so you can, you have them forever. You can use them on the whole family and they can even help to desensitize some of the symptoms around heavy metals and parasites and mold biotoxins and even things like pans and lime. So um, I will link to that in the show notes so you can uh, listen to that episode as well and get that information because when you're really dealing with heightened symptoms, especially like seizures, and you want to work with some of these causes, we're working with the causes through all of these other things we're doing. And those vials can also be helpful in helping to eliminate the internal trigger in the body that is reacting to those issues, say like a parasite or a mold biotoxin. So it can help calm those symptoms down, which can be really, really helpful. And again, I will also link to uh, my free uh, getting started cheat sheet, which is basically the most, the top seven foods to avoid, which are really important to understand because as you know, things begin with diet and, you know, I work with parents in over 40 countries worldwide and I hear over and over, they, they, they come even sometimes into my membership program and they think, you know, I've got my child, I've had them on this really great diet for a long time. But then I show them the whole diet, the rest of it, and they go, oh, I didn't know about that and that, you know, all of these other things. So there's a lot to it, but I think just starting with the top seven foods to avoid, which again is at, at uh, I'll link to in the show notes to my, my free download for it. It's at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods is the link to the download. Um, but again, I'll put it on the show note page as well for this episode for seizures. But it's just remember that you can always um, 
help to start eliminating these top seven foods one by one, because I know picky eating can be an issue. You can end up thinking, you know, I'd love to remove these, these foods from my child's diet, but how? And it is a slow transitional process. Nothing is done, you know, overnight. Nothing has to be done the first day. It can be a process of reducing these foods slowly from your child's diet one by one or less and less over, over time, and then helping them reduce the inflammation that's in their body that's causing a lot of the leaky gut issues and feeding the candida and the bad bacteria in their gut and things like that. So it's very important to get, know again, we're starting with, you know, square one, making sure that we're starting to support the body and the immune system and helping to support the detoxification pathways as well. And starting with reducing these inflammatory and toxic foods can be very helpful. So um, again, that will, uh, that free foods guide will be linked to on the show notes as well. And I hope that this was very helpful for you and that uh, please, please pass this on to any friends, you know, who might be dealing with this issue, because again, as a parent, it can be very frightening. Um, and again, if everything's at naturally recovering autism.com for all of my episodes can be reached there, go in the search bar and type in any word you like, and you'll likely find a podcast episode or a blog, or even an interview I've done with an expert on that topic, because I'm here to provide resources for you to help support you on this journey. I have lived through this journey myself with my son, when my own son was diagnosed with autism and I knew that I needed to find the help for him on my own so that I could really get the resources I needed because I wasn't finding the help I needed out there. And I know that that's the case for a lot of parents. And I know that might be your case. So I'm here to support you on this journey. And again, anybody you can share this episode with, I greatly appreciate it, as do they, because there are a lot of people searching for this type of information and don't know it exists yet. And my website is there for everyone to utilize and to benefit from. And it's totally free, naturallyrecoveringautism.com. Go there and uh, get the help and resources you need. I'm here to help. And I hope this has helped you today. Take care, be well, and I will talk to you soon.